electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. GoFundMe is a generosity powerhouse. It's helped people raise a total of more than $5 billion for all kinds of causes and pet projects. Rob Solomon is its CEO. Late last year, Solomon made a bold move. GoFundMe no longer takes an automatic cut of the money people raise. Now, GoFundMe itself runs purely on donations. Can you continue to run it just off donations? Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, you know, the, the business model works incredibly well. It, 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 Is that a business model? It's a tip jar. It's a business a model, though. I'm John Ford from CNBC, and you're listening to the Fort Knox Podcast, Rich Ideas and Powerful People. I do this weekly, bringing you the highest achievers. We're going to learn how the very best climb to the top and pull out lessons along the way. If that sounds good to you, make this a habit. Apple's podcast app is the most popular way to tune in, but there are all kinds of ways. Mainly, just go ahead and subscribe, and the internet can do the work for you. Rob Solomon didn't think he wanted to be the CEO of GoFundMe when he first got the offer. He saw people using it to raise money for cat toys. But he soon changed his tune. I talked to him about the future of using tech to do good, the primacy of trust in today's landscape, and his advice for Mark Zuckerberg. Here's Rob Solomon. GoFundMe about, what, four months ago, November, totally changed the way it makes money. Yes, a really big change. Yeah. We moved from a platform fee model of, of 5%, 5% of the take rate uh-huh. to a free model. We're... we're we're powered by the generosity of our donor community. Um, that seems crazy if you like money. Completely insane. How's it gone? It's gone great. So, so um, a little backstory here. We, we provide a lot of value. We add a lot of value to these campaigns. My board of directors thought I was nuts when I wanted to change the model. But we listened to our customers. We listened to the market. And that was the right way to go. And what so, were the customers saying that, that made you think we need to take away this 5% charge? Sure. So if you think about GoFundMe, we're there to help people when they need help the most. When they might be sick, they may have, um, they may be raising money to support um, a family whose uh, breadwinner passed away, and every cent counts. So a lot of feedback over the years has been, we love GoFundMe, we love what you do. The five percent is fair, but we want all of the money to go to the cause. And in hearing about that, we decided that there's such good sentiment on GoFundMe, the brand, that we could remove the platform fee and rely on the generosity of our donor community to support the business. So how do you make the ask in a way that people actually pay what you need? Sure, so we, at the end of the transaction, it's completely voluntary and people can leave whatever amount they want and it works out to an effective rate that, that allows us to support the business in the way that we need to. Hmm. It's emerged that sickness, death, and disaster are the major reasons why people um, support campaigns on GoFundMe. Have you guys looked into why that is? Is, is it something around um, when the, the larger community feels like somebody deserves money? Yeah, so, so it's a great point. I, I think most people think of GoFundMe as a place where medical memorial and disaster-related campaigns um, are, are all we do. And that makes up about half of our 
platform. The rest is many other things. And we're scholarship money in effect, people, helping, helping people pay for school or Absolutely. whatever. Study right? abroad programs. Yeah. I, I received a scholarship to Harvard, but guess what? I can't afford to fly from LA to Boston and I don't have a winter coat and I can't pay for the books and, and everything in between. Mm. We're also starting to see movements happen on the platform. So a great one that just happened is March for Our Lives. So mm -hmm. right after the Parkland tragedy, we saw millions of dollars raised to support the victims of Parkland. And then Cameron, one of the kids who is out there as a great activist, started the March for Our Lives campaign to raise money to support the march in DC. And that raised over $4 million. So um, communities are coming together to um, create change, which is, which is phenomenal. Really interesting that uh, a while back, I think it was uh, 2015, you guys said, okay, we're going to stop supporting legal defense funds. We're going to get out of legal. Yep. Now you're kind of getting back in. Yep. What's the thinking there? So a big part of what I've done since I've, I've joined the company back in 2015 is, is build the trust and safety layer. So in order to be the most trusted brand in this space, you have to have the trust of the donor community, you have to have the trust of the campaign organizers, and we wanted to build that out. And we've invested a lot of time and money, and it's the most one of the most important things we do is, is provide that trust and safety layer. And as we get better and better at that, we want to be able to support just about any campaign. So we're... we're kind of reevaluating the different categories and legal defense is a category that is interesting to us and we're going to be very careful and, and tread cautiously into it. But it makes sense to provide help for people who need help when, when the legal issues hit them. When I think about GoFundMe rising to prominence, I think about Facebook. I don't know how fair that is, but uh, the idea of these campaigns going viral, it seemed to happen on social. Yep. Lately, Facebook has been stepping into this space itself, sure. allowing people to donate their birthdays. They seem to want a cut of yep. this uh, donating to yeah, a yeah. cause market. How's that affecting you? It's great. I mean, social impact is important for them. You know, by them doing this um, and, and putting resources against it, just legitimizes the category. It, it suggests that it's a big, important business, and it is. If you think about, but did you guys need legitimizing? I mean, it seemed no, like you no. were the whole space. No, but but the space is much bigger than us. So if you think about it, we are the category defining company in personal causes. Mm -hmm. Then there's a $375 billion nonprofit space where fundraising happens um, traditionally by direct mail telemarketing and you know big corporate uh, donations. And that's gonna move online. It's the one industry that hasn't been disrupted at all yet by the internet, if you think about it. And you guys it, just bought into that, right? We bought into that. We acquired uh, CrowdRise, which was um, co-founded by Edward Norton, the actor who's a great activist and some great entrepreneurs. And we're building a software as a service platform to provide marketing and fundraising solutions, especially social solutions for the biggest nonprofits in the world. So mm -hmm. it's a gigantic space that we think we will disrupt we don't want to disrupt the nonprofits, we want to help them. We want to get them more efficient and effective at raising money, which is the most important thing for them. It's the lifeblood of a nonprofit. How's that going to work? Because I, I, I donate sure. to uh, several nonprofits myself. One of the biggest hassles is always having to sign up with your payment information and you know all that. It, it, it seems odd in a way that there's not a central repository of that core donor and donation yep. information that makes it easy to set up and, and maybe communicate with these places. So that, what, what essentially we're doing is building the giving layer of the internet. We've had 50 million people who have donated to GoFundMe campaigns. A year from now, it'll be 75, 80 million. Two years from now, it'll be 100. Three years from now, it'll be 150 million people. I mean, one in five credit card carrying Americans have donated to a GoFundMe campaign. So we want to make it frictionless, seamless, and easy to donate to any cause that you care deeply about. And as we build out this software as a service platform for nonprofits, and we have this donor community, it's the place you're going to go to make all of your 
donations happen. So, so if you think about it, Facebook is the social um, network. LinkedIn is for jobs. There will be a place where you want to store all of the giving that you do on the internet. What do you do about data policy? Because um, one way of judging what people care about is by watching what they buy. Another way is probably judging by what they donate to, whether it's religious organizations, political causes, whatever. You probably start to get some pretty interesting psychographic data about people based on what types of causes they donate to. Yeah, so data privacy is big in the news now. Everyone's talking about it. Mm -hmm. um, it's a religious issue for us. Your data is your data. We won't share it with others. We won't sell it. We'll um, make sure you understand our data policies. So it's very important to us, and you know we, we will make it easier for you to donate to campaigns, but we won't use your data in, in ways that are, are creepy or strange or, or that people don't, don't expect or don't want. Tell me the story of how you got involved with the company. Sure, this is, this is interesting. So I was at Axel Partners, which is a leading venture capital firm. They invested in Facebook in the early days. They're in Spotify, Dropbox, one of the great venture capital firms. And I was working there as a venture partner. And that essentially means you're there helping them look at investments, you're advising their companies, and eventually they want to put you into a company. So they showed me GoFundMe, and I looked at it, and I said, I don't think that's the one for me. Um, the first because? Thing I, well, the first thing I saw were um, campaigns raising money for cats. <laughs> or, or the people who love their cats. And I have nothing against cat. Like against cat, cat surgery. Well, mostly, some right? cat surgery, but some just um, funny things to, uh, you know, provide presents or gifts for the cats. But, so that was my first experience. And then I dug deeper and I saw, I said, wait a minute. I'd never heard of GoFundMe three and a half years ago. And then I started looking at the impact it has on people. You know, it's the first internet company that was actually purpose-built for poor people. So on the coast, nobody had heard about it. I used to have to explain GoFundMe as, you know, it's like Kickstarter for personal causes. Now GoFundMe is everywhere. It's ubiquitous. It's part of the zeitgeist. It's part of the social fabric. Anytime something happens in the world, you start a GoFundMe. And, that, and that's essentially what drew me in. I, I thought there needs to be a company that helps people when they need help the most. And this was happening on GoFundMe. And, you know, in the first five years, it took them that long to get to $1 billion in funds raised. You know, I've been there a little less than three years, and we're well over $5 billion now in total funds raised. Hmm. So it's starting to happen as, as, as one of these um, special internet companies. I think what LinkedIn has done for jobs, we can do for fundraising and, and philanthropy. What Netflix has done for entertainment, we want to be the company that defines that category-defining internet company, and, and that's starting to happen. So that's what drew me in. It, it used to be that we didn't want to give to people, individuals, because you don't know if you can trust a person. Right. I, I, I want to give to an organization that's got yes. a history, it's got a track record, I can look at its records and see what percentage of the money is yep. actually yep. going to the cause. What changed that? Is it, is it the storytelling, the video, that's part of these GoFundMe yeah. asks that seems to verify the validity of these causes? That's a great question. I, I think what it is is um, it's the story, it's the transparency, and it's the ability to help right away. So in the old days, you couldn't really give to people. You, you could give to people at church or you could give to people out on the street who, who desperately needed help. And your only outlet really was the great nonprofits that existed, the UNICEFs and Red Crosses of the world. And people still want to give to those orgs, but the younger set, the millennials, want to give to people. They want to see where their help is is is, is happening directly. They, they want the transparency of it. So storytelling, speed, transparency have changed everything and the ability to have an immediate impact. So when Hurricane Harvey and, and Irma and Maria happened, there were some great orgs on the ground that were getting money to people, but sometimes it took uh, months you know, for, for FEMA aid to hit people. And with GoFundMe, you could help a family that was affected by the hurricane within days. 
and, or, or weeks, not months or, 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 or longer. And that's a very important phenomenon. I imagine you're one big scam away, though, from, from a corporate catastrophe. If there was some big fraud that got perpetrated through GoFundMe, how big of a hit would that be for you? So one of the big things I did when I came in was build this trust and safety layer. Um, invested a lot of money, a lot of technology. Um, you know, there were fraudulent campaigns on the platform back then, and you would see them in the news. We've, I mean, there must be still. I mean, how can well, you it, 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 avoid it? We've, we've done a lot to avoid it, and we have something called the GoFundMe guarantee. And any time you donate to a campaign, we'll refund your money if you want your money back. And that's hard to do. So my board thought I was crazy when I rolled that out. They said, go get insurance. And I talked to Lloyds of London. I talked to everyone, and they said, we're not going to insure you. It's too much of a risk. And then we said, you know what, we'll just build it. So less than one-tenth of one percent of campaigns result in any kind of fraud. And to be the brand that we have created and that we aspire to be, you have to have that trust. And, you know, we, we take it very seriously. We provide more customer service and trust and safety than any company in the world because of that, that, that potential issue. And, and we're doing everything we can to eradicate it and make sure it doesn't happen. How? Um, technology, people, processes. Um, and the most important thing is these campaigns happen out there in the village square. So when a GoFundMe campaign happens, the initial f donations come from friends, family, and local community. If something doesn't look right, we hear about it. We investigate, and we work closely with law enforcement. I mean, we, we're very close with many state attorney generals, attorneys general, and, and um, they trust us. They know about our processes. We lift up the covers and show them what we do. So, you know, we take it very seriously, and, and there's a lot of people process technology, and we're constantly evolving what we do. You've been in the Valley for a while, spent time at Yahoo. You've yep. seen um, quite a few cycles. What lessons have you drawn from the tech giants who have come and to some degree gone? It can be very fleeting, right? And when, when I got to Yahoo in the old days, our CTO, a famous um, technologist, Zod, um, had a, a license plate that said, kill AOL. And at the time, AOL was the most powerful tech company, one of the most powerful companies in the world. And we all thought he was crazy. And lo and behold, a few years later, we did kind of kill AOL, or, or, or they killed themselves. And then look what happened to Yahoo. Yahoo was the category-defining internet company, the company that created the blueprint for Facebook, for Google, for Airbnb, that made it all possible. And it's a shell of its former self. So don't get complacent, don't get arrogant. That, that's a big lesson that, what, that you have to learn. What kills these internet companies? I think it, it's missing cycles. I, th I think social is a very important phenomenon that, that a lot of folks miss. Um, you know, search was a, a very important, um, critical component that certain companies miss. So, so you, you have to ride the waves and, and stay ahead of them. I think mobile is one of those important waves. So if you don't ride the waves properly or create the waves, you're, you're potentially toast. That, 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 that's very important. Are we in a trust wave now? Could there be such a thing? Everybody's wondering, you know, could, could these data scandals derail these uh, advertising and data giants right now? I think transparency is critical. If you, if you aren't transparent about what you're doing with this data, if you don't give people control of the data, you could be in trouble. I, th I think we're going to see a seismic shift in control and transparency and making it easy to see what is being tracked. Um, so I think you'll see a change, and everyone will rise to the occasion because they have to. Hmm. Um, did you imagine that you'd be running GoFundMe for this long? Yeah, absolutely. So, so when, I, when I was at Excel, I was looking for my last forever job. I, I wanted to find a company that had all the excitement of a consumer internet company. And these things uh, grow fast. You create iconic brands within a short number of years. Um, you know, GoFundMe 
when I started, it had 30-ish percent brand recognition. It's now at 75, almost 80 percent. And that takes a long time, but it's happened in a short amount of time for us. And you marry that with the social impact that we provide, and it's the perfect job. I was, I was hanging out with the CEO of a very big tech company um, whose market cap is in the like $100 billion range, and he looked at me and said, you have the best job on the internet. And I said, dude, I think you have the best job on the internet. And he started explaining why he thought I did, and it's, you know, we have to provide social impact. Tech for good is something that we've all talked about, and you don't see a lot of it, and, and we are taking technology, applying it to, um, social impact and it's having a, a big impact. We'll soon be the world's largest giving organization. We're already you know, top three or five of, if you're looking at foundations and, and charities and in a few short years, more money will flow to help the world through GoFundMe than any other platform. And that's an important place to be. And if we continue to grow, um, it creates a good business too, right? The more donation volume flowing through plat the, the platform, the more revenue we generate, the bigger we get. So it's kind of doing well while do doing good, which everyone wants to do. And there's a big shift in the world now where, where BlackRock is saying, we will not invest in you, Mr. Corporate or, or Ms. Corporate um, CEO, if you're not providing social impact in the world. And it's gonna be very hard for the biggest companies in the world to do that. And that's all we do. And, and I think that makes me excited to spend the next 10 years at, at GoFundMe or more. But can you can you continue to run it just off donations? Absolutely, absolutely. It, it, you know, the, the business model works incredibly well. It, 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 Is that a business model? It's a tip jar. It's a business a model though. It, 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 <laughs> wow. we're, we're, we're a profitable Because of business. data? Because you can predict um, how many people are going to leave that tip because they're in that giving position? So, since we've launched, we've had hundreds of millions, close to you know a billion dollars flow through the platform, and you get you understand the patterns um, pretty quickly. And and you know the, the magic of the internet is you get to test different ways to present information, and we're seeing that it's a very uh, effective model. Is there ever something, a service that you might offer that you would charge for, charge a percentage for? Oh, absolutely. So so when we when we're building the software as a service platform for nonprofits, we will sell it as a software product to nonprofits, mm. and. There may be things where we, we have a hybrid model of you know, tip model and you know, licensing software model and other things like that. And then, in a way, the fact that you have this huge base of GoFundMe uh, contributors who are, uh, who are tipping you and not being charged, that makes it more valuable for the nonprofits who will be paying you a fee, right? Well, they want access to consumers. And, and if we know that you care a lot about animals and you sign up to... Um, subscribe to animal um, donation opportunities that we ah. present, then, you know, the, the, the nonprofits are happy and the consumers are really happy. You know, we, there isn't a marketplace yet of causes on one side, consumers on the other. And when I talk about the giving layer of the internet, that's what we want to build. We want to make sure that consumers are introduced to causes and it could be personal local causes. It can be small, medium um, businesses and, and churches, and it can be the largest nonprofits in the world. And we want to make sure that consumers can interact in any way, shape or form with whatever it is, whether it's a personal or a big um, global nonprofit. Before all of this tech stuff, what was your background in, in causes and giving? So um, I was on the board of the Peninsula Humane Society, which is, is one of the big ones in the, in the Bay Area. Yeah. And I have favorite charities that I donate to, but I didn't come from the cause world. I'm, I'm an internet guy. I, I grew up at Yahoo and I built a company called Sidestep that Kayak acquired. And um, you know, I, I spent 20 plus years um, working on consumer internet companies. So, so the cause-based world is pretty new to me, to be honest with you. So how deeply did you have to get into it? Pretty deep. I, I think it's a world where 
you have to understand the motivations of the enterprises and the people who give. There's a lot of psychology around giving. Um, I've spent a lot of time with the leaders of the biggest nonprofits in the world. And then most importantly, it's getting into the um, understanding of what drives consumers. At the end of the day, that's what drives a lot of giving in the world. And it's gonna be more and more important over time. So if you think about it, um, direct mail and telemarketing are still the primary ways that nonprofits raise money. Think about that, I mean, direct mail and telemarketing. That yeah. shouldn't be the, the way. And What should it be? It should be digital, it should be social, it should be people, I mean, that's where the people are, the people are on the internet. And if you think about shopping, if you think about travel, if you think about transportation, it's all gone social and digital. And right. philanthropy hasn't, and it is, and it will. It's still, you know, like I said, it's a gigantic industry, half a billion dollars, uh, half a trillion dollars is um, donated to nonprofits around the world on an annual basis, 375 billion of that in the U.S., and less than 5% or so is on the internet, which is crazy if you think about it. Have nonprofit CEOs' attitudes toward GoFundMe shifted over the past few years? I think they, they're... I think at first they didn't know what to make of it. I think as we built up this expertise in social, they became very intrigued. And what they really want to do is just tap into our ability to get them to leverage technology, leverage digital, but most importantly, leverage social. We want to take the expertise we have in social and apply it to every event that a nonprofit um, thinks about. So if, whether it's the rubber chicken dinner or a golf tournament or an auction, they should all have a social component, and they don't right now. Hmm. So that's an important um, evolution that's going to ha that's happening. But five years from now, if we're, we're talking about this, 25% of donations will probably happen online. And that is a big seismic shift. I I'm going to argue that probably as much as or more than anybody on the internet, trust is important to you. Very. Because more people than, are more than, more than anyone in the whole world. Because people are giving you money and getting nothing back, in, except a feeling. Maybe they're getting some amazing feeling. Now. They get <laughs> yes. a lot back. It's an amazing <laughs> feeling. But like in terms of something in the mail or something that they, they're not getting anything material. And you're saying that social is such an important part of growth in the future. So, if you could give one piece of advice to Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> right, who's the social king and is in a trust quandary right now. What would it be? This is easy, and, and, and it, it's one of our mantras, and it's why we, why we do what we do, and, and, and it drives a lot of what we do. It's just transparency. Just be transparent about what you're doing, and then be transparent about making it easy to change your settings if you want. And, and I think they're working on that. I, I, I don't think... He keeps a, saying he's doing that. I mean, yeah, there have been so yeah, many announcements. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. making it easier for you to tweak your settings. Yeah. We got, you know, six years ago, and then four years ago, and then yep, last yep. week, and then... But the rubber hits the road now. It's, it's, it's serious, and I think it's easy to be transparent. I mean, that's all we do all day long, and the big guys have to do it. The little guys have to do it. And a startup that you've never heard of has to do it. If they don't, they're, they're, they're in trouble, big trouble. It's wild to me that we're in this era where exchanging money is getting to be as easy as exchanging messages. You know what I want, though? T two things. I want an easier digital way to tip the housekeeping staff in hotels, and I want a digital way to pay for hungry people to get a meal when they approach me on the street. I think that'll just make it so much easier for people to be generous. We should work on that. I, I had Diana Aviv, the CEO of Feeding America, on the Fort Knox podcast a year and a half ago. We should connect her to some technologists like GoFundMe. I'm John Ford from CNBC. This has been Fort Knox, rich ideas and powerful people. Subscribe on Apple's podcast app or wherever fine podcasts are distributed. Check out the reviews on iTunes and uh, leave me one of your own. 
Also, subscribe to the Fort Knox channel on YouTube. That's F-O-R-T-T-K-N-O-X dot com slash YouTube. Follow me, John Fort, on Facebook and Twitter and Periscope and LinkedIn. All those places you'll see video from some of these interviews. You can say hi to me live, usually Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Keep on top of what I'm doing on CNBC's Squawk Alley. Uh, shoot me a note. Shoot me a comment. I'll try to get back to everybody as often as I can. Follow me those places. Shoot me a note. We'll get a conversation going. And meanwhile, share this. Tell a friend. Drop me a note on all those places. LinkedIn. I got to highlight LinkedIn. I usually don't mention it. But for me, hey, it's my most popular platform. All the working people on there. Uh, tell a friend. And as always, thank you for lending an ear. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.